You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 115 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. As always, I am coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. There's no guest this week. Uh, Work has been uh, really busy over the last couple of weeks, so I haven't really had the opportunity to set up any interviews. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to do another Q&A like I did a couple of months ago for the show's two-year anniversary. I had a lot of fun doing it, had a lot of cool questions, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't think I could carry a whole podcast by myself, but I was able to do it. So um, I'm actually sitting here uh, right after a baseball game uh, at Blue Wahoo Stadium. I'm recording this uh, late Wednesday night at approximately 11.24 p.m., looking out over a uh, baseball field with no lights around it. All I can see is the uh, four sponsor signs out next to the video board, so it's kind of a little bit of a creepy atmosphere, and I don't look forward to leaving this place and walking through the dark. But um, got quite a few good questions here. Um, and I'll start off, uh, there are three questions from a fellow co-worker here at the Blue Wahoos, Mary Jane Gardner. First question, how awesome was your first pitch? This was kind of a, a cool story that happened this past week. Uh, this past Monday, we had Jay Night at Blue Wahoo Stadium. And for those who don't know what Jay is, it's a small town about 40 miles north of Pensacola. And that's where I grew up. It's also where um, my Nerd Cave co-host Zach and Robbie are from. And it was kind of crazy because community nights, they usually don't do as well as you would think. But Jay's population is only 600 and something, and they brought out over 400. So around 85% of the population came out, which I thought was kind of cool. And uh, this past week I was at work, I believe it was like Thursday or Friday, and I'm looking at our matrix, which is basically a Google spreadsheet on Google Docs explaining like the, uh, what days we have uh, baseball games and the groups that are coming out that day, uh, national anthem, first pitches, pregame performances, all that stuff. And as I'm writing our game script, I notice that on Monday it says under first pitches, uh, J High Principal, J High Drum Major, and J Alumni Derek Diamond. And I'm like, wait a minute, this, uh, who did this? So I started asking around, and no one would really say anything. And eventually it turned out to be uh, our vice president of sales, Scott. And uh, he was like, oh, did you find the surprise I left you on the Matrix? So it was kind of a cool thing to do. I was a little nervous about it just because I didn't really play sports, and I didn't want to bounce the ball before it got to the catcher. I threw it a little high. But it's better that than the alternative. So it was actually kind of a cool experience, and I, I, I really appreciated the, I guess, the recognition, you would call it, uh, for doing that. So it was really cool. A little nerve-wracking, but it turns out it was, it was really, really cool. She also asked, what kind of dressing do you like on your salads? It really depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, if I want to like really eat healthy, eat light, I'll get like an Italian dressing. If I'm, 
how do I describe this? If I'm not in a very like healthy mood, I guess you would call it, but I still eat a salad anyway, I'll get honey mustard or ranch. But I would say um, I'd say Italian has become my favorite salad dressing. So I'll say Italian's number one with ranch being second. You can't go wrong with ranch. It's a classic. Do you prefer cheese dip or mustard on your pretzel? This might surprise people because I'm in the minority of saying that I do love mustard, but I actually prefer cheese on a pretzel. I know that's surprising, and I still love mustard. I will eat mustard with a pretzel any day of the week. But if I have my pick, I will go with cheese, especially if it's beer cheese, like the cheese they have at Mellow Mushroom. That's some really, really good stuff. If you live in Pensacola, an exclusive that they have here at the Mellow Mushroom they have these things called Drunken Fun Guys. They're little pretzel bites. And they come with three different dipping sauces. One is uh, marinara sauce. The other is um, mustard, which is basically a type of mustard. And the other is uh, beer cheese. And the beer cheese is really, really good. I absolutely love cheese with pretzels. It's just so, so good. Next question comes from uh, Jeremy Jarrett, fellow... Uh, college student um, from PJC Milton or PSC now. Is there any way I could do a podcast as your guest with information on how medical marijuana can help people with epilepsy? And then uh, John Harris, friend of uh, my girlfriend Sarah, says, I like this idea. It's educational and engaging. I would like to see a more expansive subset within an interview like this with facts and data for recreational as well as medical through Medical, though, excuse me, and how it can benefit everyone without introducing a selective or exclusive scale. And sure, I mean, I think that would be something different, and it actually would be really informative, I believe. So, you know, definitely after baseball season's over, when I have more time to uh, to do things, definitely uh, I'll be in contact about doing that because that actually sounds kind of cool. Alexis Wright, former Wahoo's coworker, asks, "Would you rather fight a shark?" Or alligator. This has been uh, this has been a debate uh, here in the press box for the last couple of years. I want to say someone saw this on TV. Like, which would you rather fight, a shark or an alligator? My answer would be a shark because crocodiles are or alligators. Same thing. Alligators, crocodiles. Either one. Those things are evil. Those things are absolutely evil. I never watched this video because I can't watch videos that deal with animal deaths, especially like dogs or cats or any type of domestic animal. This dog had went to uh, this river to drink some water, and this crocodile just scoops it up and kills it. And the crocodile actually carries the dog down the river like he's displaying a trophy. And that's when in my mind I was like, that is pure evil. Those things are like the last remaining dinosaurs, in my opinion. They have like a prehistoric look to them. So to me, crocodiles are much more dangerous, or alligators, as the question says. Those things are much more dangerous, I believe. So I would say I would rather take my chances with a shark. That's been a very divided subject up here. A lot of people will say sharks, but I'm I'm on the side of I would rather fight a shark. 
Adam Gumbert, a former guest here on the Derek Diamond Experience, asks, what convention would you enjoy going to the most, personally and professionally? Cons are great. I absolutely love conventions from the smaller ones to the bigger ones that I've been to. I've been to a convention that's been in one room here in Pensacola at the fairgrounds, and I've been to Dragon Con, one of the biggest cons on the East Coast. Um, personally, if I were just going as a fan, I would love to go to New York Comic Con. I've heard great things about that convention. Everyone thinks of San Diego when they hear the word Comic Con. But from what I've heard, New York is no slouch either. And plus, it's also in New York, which is a city that I haven't had the opportunity to visit yet that I would love to go to at some point. So from a personal standpoint, I'd love to go to New York Comic Con, but I would also choose it because of where it's at. You know, I would spend a whole week at New York. I would spend three or four days just going around the city and exploring it. And then the end of it, I would go to the actual con itself. From a professional standpoint, I would love to cover San Diego Comic-Con because all the big guests go out there. They always have some big announcements. I know it's it kind of comes and goes. Like this year's Comic-Con was really good with the Justice League trailer and Wonder Woman. But the ones before that have been kind of meh in my opinion, but I would love to just have the opportunity to maybe interview someone like, and this might be a stretch, but someone like a Robert Downey Jr. or a Chris Hemsworth, someone like that who would be at a San Diego Comic-Con. So I would choose, you know, both sides of the country. I'd go to New York as a fan and San Diego um, as, uh, as a professional. But there are so many cons that I want to go to. I mean, heck, there's even one next month in Panama City that I really want to go to called Panama City Creative Con because it deals a lot with you know, the actual creative process of things. Like, it's got artists, um, actors, filmmakers, like a, a lot of people who are involved with creative-type things. And I think it could be a good learning experience as well. I mean, I would love to go get interviews as well, but I think learning from fellow creative minds would be really, really cool. His last question is a very interesting, and that would be to cast a nerd cave movie. What's the story and actors add in some top community members? Let's see. And of course he said, I can't wait. I can only imagine how good this could be. So, Nerd Cave, for those who only listen to this show and don't listen to any of the other ones on our network, um, I host another podcast called the Nerd Cave Podcast with my friends Zach and Robbie. We've been friends since we were in high school. They're a few years younger than me, and we were in marching band together. I was a senior when they were in eighth grade, I believe, so I knew of the both of them, and I talked to both of them. But we weren't really friends like we are now. You know, once I graduated, I'm like, well, I'll probably never talk to any of them again. So I ended up hanging out with Robbie a couple of years later uh, through mutual friends. And then Zach went off to Troy after he graduated high school. So he wasn't really around until, you know, 2012, 2013. Well, Zach is currently a teacher. He's the head band director at Gulf Breeze. But he was working at another school uh, here in town, and I'll leave uh, that name out of this conversation, but he didn't really enjoy it 
he uh, was going through a breakup. He was going through a lot of negative things, had a lot of negative things in his life, and he was going through a depression. And I had been introduced to podcast a couple of years before that, um, driving to and from Jay, um, or driving to and from school from Jay, I should say, was about an hour to there and an hour back home. So I had a lot of time to just listen to the radio. Well, I had started listening to this podcast called, it was called The Minority Report at the time, but it's now known as The Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. It's a wrestling show, wrestling something that I've always been interested in um, since I was a kid. And through that, um, I started listening to other podcasts like uh, Kevin Smith's Modcast, Fat Man on Batman, uh, sports podcasts like Mike and Mike and PTI, and so many other ones. I have, uh, I think, 20 different podcasts in my, uh, my Downcast app, because I hate the podcast app that's included on the iPhone. But I'd introduced Zach to the Kevin Smith podcast. I was like, well, why don't you try listening to these? They're really funny. And they just might help cheer you up a bit. So he started listening to them, and we were having lunch or dinner one night. And he said, you know, we should start a podcast. And in the back of my mind, since I had started listening to that first podcast, I was like, yeah, that would be kind of cool to do. Because, I mean, I can sit around and talk about, you know, wrestling or video games or movies. So through that, we decided that we would talk about nerd things because we were both into video games we both love the marvel movies we just love movies in general we like the nerd and pop culture side of our world so we decided why don't we just sit around and talk about it so then we asked our friend willis to come on and we just we came up with the nerd cave because we, we know you, you have a lot of guys have your man cave we're like, well, we have our Nerd Cave. So that's kind of how the Nerd Cave podcast came to be. And since then, you know, uh, Willis has left. Um, Robbie uh, joined us, I believe, in November of 2014. And he's been with us ever since. And we've gone on to do, you know, our YouTube shows and various other different podcasts. So on to the movie question, um, what I would do with the story is I would do something similar to how we started, but maybe do like a rise, fall, and redemption story where maybe we all kind of get too big or too cocky or too big too fast. And then through that, we have a lot of disagreements. The three of us have a big falling out, and then we realize that friendship is more important. So we revive the podcast we maybe do things on a bit of a lesser scale, but we're happy. And, you know, we're still relevant. People still love us, but we don't let it, you know, get the best of us. We don't let our emotions get the best of us. And this may not be the best casting choice, but for Zach, and I, I hope he listens whenever I say this, um, I would cast Paul Giamatti as Zach. If you have watched Paul Giamatti in any of his comedic roles... I love him. I think he's hilarious, and I think that he could portray Zach to an absolute T. Um, Robbie, I would cast uh, Jack Black to play Robbie, just because Jack Black's a little out there, like Robbie is, and Robbie likes to sing. Jack Black likes to sing, too. He's also known as uh, Tenacious D, for those who are more into the music scene. 
Uh, myself, this was kind of tough because you know I don't want to like cast Hugh Jackman to play me, even though that would be absolutely amazing and I would support it one hundred percent. But I would choose Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is kind of a he's the straight guy in the comedy routine. He has that dry sense of humor. If you've ever watched Role Models, that's how I would have Paul Rudd portray me. I think those three could make magic, absolute magic on the big screen. And I would simply just call the movie Nerd Cave. I think that'd be awesome. And maybe that's something, you know, if my aspiring film career ever takes off, that would be something cool to do. Wally Phelps uh, from the Pop Culture Palette. Um, Pitch me your idea for a sequel to your favorite movie. Now, I will say my favorite movie is The Empire Strikes Back, and there was a sequel to it, so I can't answer for that one. But there is a movie I actually started, or I watched again recently for the first time in a long time. It's been mentioned uh, on our Nerd Cave retro show, uh, The Wizard. For those who don't know what The Wizard is, it's about this kid who has gone through some severe psychological trauma. Um, His twin sister drowned uh, in a freak accident on a family vacation, and it pretty much tears his entire family apart. And the only one who seems to really care for his well-being is his half-brother, Corey. The, The main kid's name is Jimmy, the one who was traumatized. So Corey takes Jimmy and they're going to run away to California. Well, they're at this bus stop, and Corey tells Jimmy to just play this video game while he gets their ticket. And he discovers that Jimmy is very good at the video games. To uh, to quote Corey, he kicked ass on Double Dragon. And they meet this girl named Haley, and the three of them decide to enter Jimmy in this uh, video game championships in Los Angeles called Video Armageddon. And the movie... And I said this on Nerd Cave Retro. If you were just watching the movie now, you will absolutely hate it. You'll think it's the worst piece of garbage that you've ever seen. But it has such a nostalgic feeling to me because I watched this movie almost religiously as a kid. We had, uh, in Jay, we used to have a video store. And the reason why I wanted to rent this movie is because Mario was on the box. So I was like, oh, cool, this is about video games. So I watched it, and I loved it, and I would rent it once or twice a week, and eventually they just sold the video to my mom because I was the only one that would ever rent it. So then I got to watch it and eventually wear the tape out, and then as I got older, I didn't watch it for a long time, and then I'm just looking at Walmart one day, and I find this movie in like the $5 or $7 bin at Walmart and without even thinking I just grab it take it home and watch it and I felt like a kid again but I didn't really dissect the movie until recently I watched it with my girlfriend Sarah she said you know I started telling her about the movie and later that day she's like hey why don't we watch that wizard movie that you were talking about and what's funny about that is that was the first time I've ever watch that movie with someone else, whether it be as an adult or as a kid. I always watch that movie by myself, which she didn't hate it, which was a good thing. And so my point with with this whole question is, um, 
the sequel I would make would be a sequel to The Wizard. And I would have it be based in modern times. It would be focusing on a new generation of gamers. But there's this one kid who always loved the retro games. And he heard the story about Jimmy the Wizard who went through all this psychological trauma and then went on to win the video game championships. It's like Jimmy is his idol. He loves the new games like Destiny, Last of Us, Halo, but he has an appreciation for the classics. And he finds out that they're reviving Video Armageddon only with more modern games. So he goes through and he wins the whole tournament. And then at the end, the PA guy or whatever you want to call him says that he's also won the opportunity and he'll win an even bigger prize if he can beat his next opponent. And his next opponent is Jimmy. All grown up, uh, the original actor comes back, and he has this geek-out moment, and they play through... Uh, I'm not sure what game it could be. I would have it probably be something retro-related, because that would be an underlying theme. The kid beats Jimmy and goes on to become basically the new wizard. And I would probably... I don't know if I would include cameos by the other members. I think story-wise it would make sense to just bring back uh, Luke Edwards, I believe is his name, who played Jimmy. But I think that'd be kind of cool. I mean, it would never happen because the movie isn't that popular, but it does have its cult following. But if a sequel to The Wizard came out, I would absolutely watch it because people love nostalgia. I mean... What's old is new again. I mean, look at Nintendo. They're re-releasing the NES in a couple of months. People are going to go crazy over that. I'm going to be one that buys it. And I mean, it, it's just when people see remakes of movies or re-releasing old movies, they'll go watch them because it reminds them of their childhood. And I think it's the same with video games. And I don't know if anyone listening is a huge Nickelodeon fan, but... Um, they're doing a Legends of the Hidden Temple movie for Nickelodeon. And I, when I read about it, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of cool. And then they said they would bring back Kirk Fogg, who was the old game show host, and Olmec, the giant talking stonehead. So, of course, I had to look up the trailer. And it doesn't, it doesn't look fantastic, but I'm going to watch it because it's going to remind me of the old game show that I loved to watch growing up. And bringing up the wizard, that also goes into another question from my Nerd Cave Retro co-host, Jason Robbins. Um, he asks, if you could remake the wizard, who would you cast and who would you choose to direct it? This was kind of a tough question to answer. I'm going to assume that any actor and any director of any generation is available. So... I would still set this in the late 80s when Super Mario Bros. 3 came out because I love the idea of what's old is new again. I would get the great John Hughes, director of Home Alone, The Breakfast Club, all of those 80s childhood or teen hits to direct this because I think he is a great director and a great storyteller. Um, for Corey, I would actually cast uh, Miles Teller, who played Mr. Fantastic in the new Abomination of a Fantastic Four movie. He kind of reminds me of Fred Savage a little bit. I would make Corey and Haley a little bit older, like maybe 
late teens, early 20s. And then uh, Jimmy would be a little bit younger. He would be probably like 14 or 15. Um, Haley, I would cast Emma Stone just because I like Emma Stone. I think she's a good actress, and I think you have to have one decent name in this whole thing. And then Jimmy, I would cast uh, Asia Butterfield, who is, uh, he was in that Ender's Game movie and was a finalist for the new Spider-Man because, uh, or before he was beat out by Tom Holland. Those are the three main cast members. I'd have to really think on who I would cast as, you know, the parents, Putnam, the bounty hunter. Um, but no, that that's who I would start with. I'd have to really sit down and cast the rest of the movie. But I don't know, that might be a cool project to do. And I just I don't know what it is about that movie. I'm just kind of hooked on it right now. Uh, Nick Caputo, also former uh, Derek Diamond Experience guest, what's your favorite wrestling finisher of all time? There's a lot of great wrestling finishers, but I would have to go with the Diamond Cutter. Just because I loved DDP growing up, uh, part of it is because of the name Diamond. And his finishing move, he could just hit it from anywhere. He could spin someone around and drop him with the Diamond Cutter. They'd be jumping off the top rope. He could catch him in midair, hit him with the Diamond Cutter. He could. It's like the RKO now for people who only watch current day wrestling. It's just a move that you can hit virtually out of nowhere. And just the surprise and the spontaneity of it was really, really cool. So I would choose uh, the Diamond Cutter as my finisher, my favorite finisher of all time. Like the stunners up there, um, I like the people's elbow just because of the flair of it, even though it's literally the rock waving his arms and then dropping his elbow on a guy's chest. But I just got to go with the Diamond Cutter. Nick also asks, if you could create your own wrestler, what's his gimmick and name? The name... I haven't decided on a name yet, but um, I was really thinking about this. Uh, a lot of wrestling characters currently are people who aren't really larger than life. They're more like people you would meet um, in real life, just you know, in the on the street or in a coffee shop or something like that. So my character I came up with would be a a sympathetic good guy. Um, this is a guy who might be a little older, late 20s, early 30s, older by wrestling standards, but um, whenever he was a kid, all he wanted to do was be a pro wrestler. He grew up loving guys like Ric Flair, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, you know, all, all the all-time greats, and seeing them perform made him want to become a wrestler. So he's wrestling on the independent circuit, and he accidentally injures someone in the ring, like permanently paralyzing them. And he doesn't want to fight anymore. It just completely takes away his desire. But he keeps doing it uh, to take care of uh, the wife and child of the guy that he injured. Now, the authority, the authority still in power in my storyline they find this guy on the indies and he's this big guy. He's, you know, six three, six four. He's basically like the size of Triple H. He's got speed, got power, charisma, everything you would want in a professional wrestler. 
and he's basically brought in by the authority to be used as an enforcer. And you can tell the guy doesn't like the authority. He doesn't agree with anything they do. But he does what they tell him to do because they offer him money that would be impossible to say no to. So he's basically, you know, keeping the title on whoever their handpicked champion is. Could be Seth Rollins or maybe they'd actually do something smart and turn Roman Reigns heel and make him the protected champion, maybe like he has been ever since uh, ever since he's been champion. I know he's not champion right now, but you could tell he was protected when he was champion. So eventually he would just snap. He would have enough. Um, he would get his desire back to fight again, and he'd be like, oh, I don't care. Um, you know, I'm not going to be your enforcer or your bully anymore. So they fire him. But he is brought back uh, through some type of loophole in his contract. He comes back um, as a full-fledged good guy um, and eventually wins the Royal Rumble to get a shot at the championship. But then Triple H says, no, no, I'm in charge here. You have to go through me to get your championship match. So at the next pay-per-view, he fights Triple H. He beats Triple H and then goes on to beat uh, Roman Reigns, who is a heel in this whole scenario. He beats Roman Reigns for the championship and realizes his dream and the guilt is finally taken off of his shoulders. He still takes care of uh, the wife and child of the injured, the injured wrestler, but it's not brought up as much because he basically says, okay, I've been vindicated in my eyes and I think that's how you really establish a a good guy that the fans can get behind because I think it's a really tragic story but it's a guy rising from tragedy and people love that so I think that could be if done right like if it's done wrong it could be a terrible storyline it could be really corny as hell but if done right, I think it could actually be some fairly compelling television. Like I haven't seen a storyline like that done before. I know like Big Show was hired a couple of years ago as the authorities enforcer when he didn't want to do it. Um, Shawn Michaels had to be JBL's lackey for a while, but none of them were really sympathetic. Like you didn't just beg for them to turn on, you know, the the evil authority type figure. This is something that I think could really be built over several months or even longer than that. And I think it could just be really good television. And I don't know. Uh, who knows, maybe it's a terrible idea, but that that was the best scenario I could come up with cuz to me those are the type of characters that really fit in wrestling right now are people who seem more down to earth and relatable because everyone wants to relate to something. And then uh, last question, hopefully uh, that answers your questions, Nick. Um, last question is from Hunter Rawls, Robbie's brother. If you had the power to cure Robbie's baldness, would you? I think Robbie pulls off the bald thing pretty well. I know he doesn't do it by choice, but I, I, I like bald Robbie. I, I'm not going to lie. So, no, I would not cure his baldness because I think he actually pulls it off. Those are the questions uh, from 
from the Q&A. Thank you to Mary Jane, Adam Gumbert, Wally, Jason, Nick, and even Hunter for sending in your questions. And it was a bit of a shorter episode, but like I said, things have been super busy, uh, so no guests this week. I did want to plug um, the new Patreon uh, for the Nerd Cave. As you know, this podcast is part of the Nerd Cave Network. Well, we have decided to uh, take our content even further and offer a subscription-type service, which you most of you know is Patreon. Patreon we look at as a subscription service for you guys to get extra content that we do in exchange for you guys supporting us. So say all you have to do is pay $1 and you get an exclusive episode of the Nerd Cave podcast. If you pledge $5, you get all the audio podcasts early. If you pay $10, uh, you get access to the videos, I believe, as well as the audio ones. And there are several more tiers after that. Um, if you want to find all of them out for yourself, then just go to patreon.com slash nerdcave, and you can check out all of our tiers there. Um, with the releasing the podcast, that's not just for the Nerd Cave podcast. It's for all of our shows, Nerd Cave Retro, um, Fantasy Football for Nerds, the Derek Diamond Experience, all of them. Um, same thing with our YouTube stuff, which we now have two separate YouTube channels. We have uh, Nerd Cave, which is dealing with all of our pop culture stuff, uh, reaction videos, interviews, uh, anything like that will still be on our original YouTube channel, which is now known as Nerd Cave. But we have a new one called Nerd Cave Gaming, where we have um, all of our Let's Plays, any type of gaming news that we discuss. Um, that, that will all be on the Nerd Cave Gaming channel. So just search for Nerd Cave Gaming on YouTube, and you can find us there. And for those who were subscribed to... The original channel, the name change, isn't going to affect you. But just just be aware that you know we do have two separate YouTube channels now. We've also gone through uh, some rebranding uh, for our social media. With this show, it's still the same. Twitter is at DDE underscore podcast. Um, still the Facebook page. Um, but with the Nerd Cave, you can find it at Nerd Cave Vids. If you are uh, still following us on Twitter, that's not going to affect you. You'll still be following us. But if you're searching for us, uh, we're not Nerd Cave Network anymore. It's Nerd Cave Vids. Same thing with Instagram, all under Nerd Cave Vids. And you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just search for Nerd Cave, and you'll be able to find us there. Um, you can still check out um, all of our awesome podcasts. On Monday, we have Nerd Cave Retro. On Wednesdays, we have Fantasy Football for Nerds. Thursday is this show, The Derek Diamond Experience. Uh, for those who uh, don't subscribe on Patreon, and again, if you if you can't, then we totally understand, but you can still get all of our stuff for free. And we have moved the Nerd Cave podcast to Fridays. It's no longer on Tuesdays, and that's going to take some getting used to because that show has been on Tuesdays forever. So you can find the Nerd Cave podcast on Fridays and our friends over at the Pop Culture Palette on Saturdays. And I believe that does it for all of the social media plugs. Um, I know I've got some cool things in the works uh, for this show as well. I've got hopefully uh, doing a couple of interviews in the next week or so. Um, I'll be doing another roundtable with uh, friends Bill Lyons, Josh Gay, and uh, Adam Waldron, who you've heard on the show numerous times. We'll be doing a 90s Nickelodeon roundtable, which will be 
a lot of fun. I loved uh, the Cheers one that I did with Josh and Bill. Loved the um, the wrestling one that I did with Adam and Nick. So uh, it, there's some still good things uh, planned for this podcast over the next couple of months. But I think that about does it uh, for this episode. Uh, if you want to check out past episodes of this show, you can just find me on iTunes, Stitcher, and now on Google Play. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience, hit the subscribe button, uh, leave a review. I do uh, check reviews uh, fairly regularly because I'm always interested in your feedback. So definitely do that. Uh, follow me on Facebook and Twitter. All at uh, Twitter is at DDE underscore podcast. Facebook, just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. And I believe that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I enjoy doing this show every week. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.